Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, good morning, whenever you are consuming this good, whatever that is, afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, weekend, weekday. Hi, welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network and on DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, Pirates YouTube page. My name is Alex Stone. If you know me and everyone should know you if they've listened to the show. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is yeah. Jared Prugar. I cover the Altoona Curve for the Altoona Mirror. And I used to be uh, a proud writer for the site. Uh, I heard that Eddie wasn't going to be on this week's show, so I decided to show my my beard. Um, they needed a they needed a bearded fellow to talk baseball, and and Alex literally drove to Altoona, kidnapped me, and now we are upstairs somewhere at some random place. So yeah, howdy, howdy. It it's a little more pronounced the beard. Yeah, it's I mean, nice. You, you, you've had it pretty much ever since I've known you, but this is you're getting a little more mountain manny. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm trying to emulate Matt Eppelman, uh, knuckleballer for the Altoona Curve, but you know, I, I'm very superstitious, uh, so I get my haircut one time before baseball season starts. Um, we're right now we're in the pl- middle of a playoff run. We're playing for the district championship, and we're already in the state playoffs. So I'm a little nervous because I have high school graduation. I'm not personally graduating. I, I as a high school uh, t- teacher, I am working it, so I got to look presentable. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that, but at the same time, it's, I'm ready for it to go. It's a lot. I know you get your hair long every year. I yeah. have my beard long cause I'm little, I'm thinning up top. Um, but at the same time, I'm very excited for it to go and not be feeding three different people whenever. I think there's a bird that actually lives in here. It's, it's not quite an Eddie beard. No, I don't have that patience. Uh, and I, my wife would murder me. There we go. So, uh, I made the trip out to Altoona. Figured this is the perfect opportunity just to talk some Altoona Curve baseball because uh, Pirates still haven't won a series in May. So let's see how long we can keep pushing that off of having to really dive into the major league team because it's not going great right now. But the Curve, a couple really interesting players. Justice De Los Santos and I went into depth about Henry Davis last week. I'm going to have an article about that you know, on the site. Check that out. Uh, sooner rather than later. Don't know what day yet. Uh, so we're going to look past him. And I want to focus on someone who's just been absolutely crushing the ball lately to bat leadoff, uh, the leadoff hitter, Theover Piguero, who I don't know if he had a hit tonight. He did. He did have a hit. He did have a hit. Okay. Uh, he barreled up a couple balls, like beautiful. He should have had two or three, you know, on the night. Like he's crushing the baseball right now. Right. And so he didn't start the year off very well um and you can read uh i have a feature coming out on piguero and, and this in the outside of the year tomorrow but 
he didn't start the year off very well, but he was hitting the ball hard. It was a lot of atom balls. Um, so it was right at people and they were making plays. And, and when that happens, you kind of get a little defeated, right? You're just, when, when is it, when are you due? But what I was impressed with is his walk rate and his strikeout rate, which are both uh, much improved from last year. And it's something that he struggled with when he came back from Pittsburgh. So, or when he got called up to the pirates, but he's becoming a, it's a different Piguero in a, in a different, in a good way. Last year, he was the joking guy. He was kind of like the yin to Nick Gonzalez's yang. Well, now he has to be the guy. He's the experienced guy, you know, himself, uh, Brad case, I think on a, on a pitching staff um, and, and you got drew Maggi or, or guys, you know, that have been there, done that. But as far as position players with him and, and Maggi, you know, they've been to the majors. They know what it's like. And that's important for guys like Henry Davis to know what it's like to be there uh, because eventually he's going to be there. Let's be real. I don't know if that's going to be tomorrow, Sunday, whenever. Sometime in June. probably. Yeah, sometime relatively soon he'll be in Pittsburgh. And I don't think it's just to get a sandwich. Um, I think it's going to be for the real deal. But Piguero is, is seeing the ball well. He's hitting the ball hard. He's very, He's not missing very many barrels. But he's bringing an added element to the speed game. Um, and his defense is improving too, which I think is a big, big factor for him. Yeah. I want to touch on something that you said with, uh, in reference to Nick Gonzalez, who the first two years in pro ball and, you know, in 2020, whenever there was the, uh, the alternate training site in Altoona, those two have been, you know, really close friends. They've been together and this is the first year that they've been separated. And I'm wondering if that's not a good thing, not saying that one's, you know, a negative influence on the other. Like I I think they're both positive influences on both of them, but at some point, Pagaro did not have a good year last year. And it's not surprising that he returned to Altoona. Now I talked to him about it. It was just, you know, it was just fire for him because, you know, motivation, Mm -hmm. you know, like get him ready. Like you don't think I'm ready for Indianapolis. Okay. I'll show you. But I think splitting them up is probably the best thing for them to do because, like, I think some of the development that he has done this year is one of those ones that you have to be more introspective for. Just, you know, talking to him for a little bit today, like what he's looking to do with the play. It seems like a much more mature approach Mm -hmm. at the plate. You know, he's maturing as a hitter. He's maturing as a fielder, as a ball player, as you say. I, I, I was I left pretty impressed with how he, you know has conducted himself these last couple of weeks after, especially whenever you consider he got off to a really bad start and he's pretty much erased that over these last two or three weeks. Yeah. He's raised his batting average um, up 47 points just since May 10th. It's pretty good. Um, he's hitting the ball hard. He's finding gaps and, and he's hitting with power. He's got four homers um, and he's got, um, he's hit safely in 12 of the 14 games since May 10th. So that is when that happens, you know, obviously things are going very well. But like I said, it's the clubhouse atmosphere that I think that his leadership and his talents are being used more. Last year, he he mentioned when I talked with him about being like more of the class clown, the guy that made everybody laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're there, there are different dynamics in the clubhouse, and and rightfully so. But for him um, coming in here, he's a much more tour guy um, and much more mature. And I think that's huge, and it's exactly what the the curve need because um, they they are still relatively young as far as experience goes at this level. But at the same time, there are guys that that need to get to the majors and that will get to the majors, both on the staff and um, out in the field. But Piguero is a guy that I think if he continues trending the way that he's trending, he could also make it make a name for himself. And I think you mentioned the Gonzalez Piguero tandem. I think it's the same thing that we saw with Rodolfo Castro and O'Neill Cruz just a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good comparison also to put in there. 
something else about Pagaro that's interesting. I had to Google <laughs> to make sure he's played shortstop this year because it feels like every time I've checked in on the guy, he's played second. And yeah, he's actually played majority shortstop. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just a heck of a coincidence. All you had had to do is talk to the local guy, the Altoona Mirror. I guy. asked the people in the in the press box, and they're like, we, I'm like, you don't know if he was playing shortstop or not. You you didn't ask me. Come on, that man. was before you were there. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Yeah. That's a simple text away. He did yeah. lure me into this by asking, offering me a curve burger, and then here I am on the podcast to be named later. Yes, but no, and it's the and that's the good thing too with Gonzalez being gone is he's playing a little bit of short, he's playing a little bit of second base, yeah, and and I think that's huge because you see the ball differently based on what part of the diamond you're on. Mm-hmm. But that's him being able to have that range that the shortstop needs to have. Um, he has the arm strength. Uh, it's just about being able to corral that and and just make better decisions. And I think that was one of the things. You know, he's trying to be the hero a lot of times playing defense, make those web gems and, and do the sexy plays when he just needs to be subtle and it, it just needs to make the play. It doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't have to be this highlight reel type play. It's just got to be made. And I think that's the biggest thing for him. And if he's able to do that, then I think he can see himself in Pittsburgh as well. Again. I'm a little surprised whenever I asked, have you experimented with any other positions like even practice like there hasn't been any third base there hasn't been any outfield I I, I kind of I can't shake the feeling that we're not going to see him in the outfield or something in the future no plans for it right now though no and I think I think the middle infield is right where he needs to be Um, I I think he has I know some eyes are going to roll to the back of the heads I think him in particular he's the type of player that needs to be defensively versatile he needs to be able to get his bat in the lineup a couple different ways because I'll just say it if Henry Davis has to learn right field I I, I think Piero should too right and I think there's a numbers game there too um you know we were talking about that after the game today um or Friday night you know is where are they where are they going to put some of these outfielders um it's 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 loaded in Altoona so you're you're worried about those reps but right now he can get those everyday reps at shortstop or second base. He's playing rather well. Um, just keep it rolling and, and keep what's working. And 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 that's I'm, he's athletic enough to play in the outfield, play a corner spot, I think. But for the time being, I think right where he needs to be is probably second base on the right side of the field. Um, because as much as I think he could be a good shortstop, I think he needs to focus on that second base aspect of it a little bit more too. We're going to take a break here for a little bit, run some ads. Uh, we'll be right back. We've got a whole roster to go through, dude. I can't wait. to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Now, how many times did you hear me say that well, through the years? Does it, does, it, does, it, does it count, like, the, the times you messed up? Because I've heard about it a oh, okay. hundred okay. dozen times. hundred something, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just muscle memory in my head anymore. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit of pitching here for the second segment here because there's a couple guys who I'm really impressed with, you know, just – watching from afar, checking out and checking in how they're doing. And a lot of them are in the bullpen. Like Travis McGregor is someone that I know he was a minor league free agent and he came back. I know he went to Indianapolis push and it didn't go well last year, but I really like what he's doing with the fastball right now. And I'm wondering if this guy's a sleeper, you know, to, you know, 
reach the major league bullpen because there are a couple guys in this, you know, in this group, like a uh, Tribio, I wrote about him, you know, for the first in the system of the year, uh, Tyler Semeningo, like please Semeningo, Semeniego, Semen. I can't say it. I can't say his name. I am so bad. Too many syllables. Sam, man, Diego. Sam, man, Diego. Sam and Diego. It's like, it sounds like ham and eggs, but Sam and eggs. <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like ham and eggs. Anyway. No, okay. you're right. You're absolutely right. There, there, are, there are a couple guys yeah. that are good. Um, Cam Junker is, I think, a guy that could end up at the major league level. I don't know if that's going to be this year, but I think down the road, maybe in a year, year and a half, I think that's an option for him. Um, but, yeah, the bullpen is pretty strong, and, and you didn't see that tonight against the, the Hartford Yard Goats, um, which <laughs> – Stupid name for a team. Um, That's up there. That's up there, along with like the Portland Pickles and the who are the the shell suckers. El Paso Chihuahuas. El Paso Chihuahuas. That's pretty bad. Um, but all weird names aside, um, it, it's it's just one of those deals where you know McGregor's a guy that you know COVID hurt him um, mm-hmm. because he was coming off the of Tommy John, coming off of that surgery. Twenty one, he was in Altoona and did okay. Right, um, it goes to Indy. It doesn't go terribly. It doesn't go too well. Um, now he's back in Altoona. He's got the fastball command there. He's got the plus off speed now. And I think if you can work that in, and, and when he's on, man, he is on. And that's and that's a good thing to have. And he's he's obviously grinded. I mean, you can say that about everybody, but this is a guy that dealt with injury. When is a free agent? The Pirates still wanted him. He signed. Uh, Could have gone elsewhere, I'm sure. But they know what they've got in him. He knows that the Pirates have in mind for him. So it's a really good thing for him to see what's next and to see if he can get back to that, to that form that they can get him to AAA. Yeah. And I guess just moving on to the starting pitchers that I, I've been high on the Jared Jones train for a while and I know the results aren't all the way here, but I had a really good talk with Henry Davis. He's really on board with like what Jared Jones is, doing he's got the stuff he's got the competitive edge he's got a lot of what you want um, i this guy's a big leaguer in the future not so distant future maybe not 2023 but like 2024 i'm expecting to see this guy you know get called up yeah i mean he's got a great first name he spells it a little differently which is okay i guess it spells it like the jewelry store um but but no and his stuff plays and in and that's what's so hard about looking at records and looking at stats because I don't think they're a great indicator early in the season. We're still in late May. So we've had April, we've had May. So the for a starter, the sample size is is gradually getting bigger, but at the same time, it doesn't tell the whole story. So, But his stuff is going to play, and I think he's going to be a guy that could end up eventually being a starter uh, in the big leagues, if not a top-end top, top end reliever. Yeah, and I mean the obvious – you want that to be a starter. And it comes down to the breaking stuff for me, really, with him. Whenever you look at the slaughter, you look at the curveball, it's like, can you – are you a three-pitch guy? Are you a four-pitch guy? Are you a two-pitch guy? And you're going to go into the bullpen. Like, there's a lot of stuff like that. I, I think he has the breaking stuff to stay in the rotation. I mean, the fastball is upper 90s. That, that'll play. That'll play out of the bullpen if it comes down to it. But – it's how do you use the rest of your stuff? I think he's learning it better. Henry Davis, like I said, read the story in a little bit. Uh, it was very complimentary about how he has grown as a pitcher. I think there's kind of low-key a lot riding on a guy like him because I look at a Priester 
Luis Ortiz and Mike Burrows. You know, Burrows is on the IL. He's not going to come back until probably late next year. It's like, okay, here comes the starting pitching depth that you have. But I don't see a whole lot of high upside guys, you know, outside of that. I think Jared Jones is one of those guys. Or the high upside guys are like in Greensboro, Mm -hmm. I guess I should say. Like we're talking the Bubba Chandlers and the Anthony Salabettos at that point. So it's – you need – another big arm in there. And I think he has one of the biggest arms in this system. Yeah. And he's a guy that I think is going to fly under the radar too. Everybody's going to talk about Priest. Everybody's talking about Burroughs, you know, up until he got hurt and, and everybody's eyes are going to be on Chandler, but it's a guy that's going to, I think fly under the radar, which is exactly what I think is necessary. Is that guy just like burst on the radar? Like, like Mike Burroughs did like we up until COVID, we hadn't really, we had him on our podcast, right? Yes, we did when he was kind of not a lesser known name. Now, you know, Burroughs was a, was a top guy up until he got hurt, and it's unfortunate, and, you know, we wish him well. But it's just one of those deals where now Jared Jones, is he's going to benefit from that, I think, uh, in the long run. But if he's able to, to maximize that potential and, and get to – I would expect him to get to Indy probably late June, early July if things are things are happening the way that they are now. Um, and that that's going to speak volumes to the type of skill and type of talent that he has. But it, it is fun to watch him um, every weekend now, too, who are we not paying enough attention to, Jared? Who is this guy that I'm just – you get to see this team, you know, basically every day. Who who am I? I think it's two on? guys right now. I think Sean Solomon is a guy. And, you know, he's now getting that second start uh, in the series. Yeah. So I think that is huge. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm a, I like Kyle Nicholas. I don't think that he's going to be a major league starter, but I think he's going to be a major league reliever. Um, he hasn't quite stretched it out yet. I mean, he's getting to six innings. But he's a guy that's kind of dialed it back in uh, now that he's only getting one start a week, which I think is huge for him and his development. Yeah. Nicholas is someone that uh, Kale Johnson, the pitching coach, uh, told me really likes how he's improved, you know, moving while, moving his body. Uh, I kind of really like Sullivan. I probably should have talked to him while I was up here. Like, there's just I, – I, I don't know. I kind of really like what he brings, you know, to, to, to the table. It's – it's not the biggest stuff. It's not the he, he's not going to be a top one hundred prospect, but I, I don't know the overall body of work. I I, I I can dig it. No, absolutely, and I think that's huge. You know, it, it, and I think we go back to the Greg Maddox, right? Greg Maddox is all about command. If you can locate, 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 you're going to have a lot of success. Uh, and for Sullivan, I think that is huge because uh, you're right. He doesn't have necessarily blow it by you stuff. He's not going to ramp it up. But he is going to do just enough to, to get it past you. And he has that type of capability. So I think that is huge for him. But having that command, having that ability to control the strike zone is a huge, huge plus for him down the road. We're going to take one more break. Whenever we come back, we got a little more show. To the Pirates podcast to be named later. Jared, since we last did this, refresh my memory. We did this right before the minor league season, right? Yes, if not right after the start of it. Okay. It's been, it feels like it was it's, just yesterday, but it was, it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. We had the dizzying highs of the Pirates being 20 and 8. Uh, they're on a pretty crummy run right now. The curse the, of the Magi. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, depending on how this game Friday goes, we're recording on uh, Friday night. We don't know how it goes. Pirates could technically be 500. If not, they're barely keeping their heads above it right now. I need a revised prediction from you. What is this team going to finish on the end of the year? No, knowing what we know now about a third of the way through the year. I I would like to say 85 and 77. I think that's going to do. That might be a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the end, I almost said the NFL. This isn't a football podcast. But the <laughs> NL Central, um, I think, is up for grabs. I don't think any team mm-hmm. is going to run away from it. So if they can keep – and they still haven't played half the division. So that is – you know, that's going to be a, a big thing down the road here for the Pirates. Yeah, it's – I think they need to play some of these divisional games. The American League has not treated them well. <laughs> it's it's uh, been rough of late. But I I still see them as 70-something, even with the benefit of knowing everything that we know now. I wouldn't be shocked if they do get hot again. And Because we know this team, whenever it clicks, it is one of the best teams in baseball – it has that in it. Yeah. And maybe they could unlock that again for another 20, 30 game stretch. We'll see. Uh, they're just too inconsistent. They're too raw. They're too Henry Davis's and Altuna right now instead of helping out the major league team. There's a lot of stuff like that. that... Well, I think, you know, initially they, they made do without O'Neill Cruz, but that, that loss is proving to be huge time and time again now. And I think that is, um, huge uh down the road but it's going to be one of those situations where when they get back i'm I'm expecting them to go on a little bit of a mini run um if not an extended run and i think that's going to be kind of the catalyst into the second half of the season um or second third last quarter of the season i should say depending on when he's back but you know you, you want to see henry davis and and i'm not now tuna i mean i love seeing him play there Obviously, I'm, that's a little selfish of me, um, but I get to write about him, so that makes my life a little easier as a writer. Um, but I think you know he has the skill set to play in Pittsburgh. Um, he has to hit everything we talked about. He he can hit the ball. That's not the issue. It's the intangibles. It's and, and the mental makeup of him, I think, is major league ready. It's just I think the physical component of calling a game, handling a pitching staff, and and just working defensively, mechanically, and those sorts of things that, that are kind of holding him back. I don't want to say holding him back because I don't think they're, they're really physically holding him back. It's just once he masters that, he's going to be ready, and Pittsburgh's got to watch out. Yeah. We're going to close with a comment from Connor Williams here on YouTube. Uh, Kutch's June will carry us to salvation. That'd be the most vintage Kutch thing. Anyway. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that loves baseball again, yes. right? He's smiling. Oh, he's having fun. And I think that's – people feed off that energy, right? Like mm-hmm. That is, I think, the, the biggest thing. And I think that's, for me, is as long as he stays healthy and, and things are going their way, why I think that they'll have that that winning season and potentially make the playoffs. This is a guy that wants to be in Pittsburgh. He wants to win in Pittsburgh, knows what it takes to win in Pittsburgh, and that's exactly what this team needed coming into the season. He knows what it takes um, with this ownership group. He knows what it takes – as a as a member of the Pirates organization, he's a guy that's going to be the catalyst moving forward the rest of the season. Him, Cruz, um, Hayes, and I think Reynolds are going to be key cogs. And then, you know, the hope is obviously Davis here in the next month or so. We're going to end on that note of Kutch's June resurgence. Thank you, Jared Prugar, for coming back on the show. You know you're going to be, you know, popping up again. 
Always, man. I'm, yeah. I'm always available for the podcast to be named later. Yeah. Well, thank And if you would like to hear more podcasts to be named later, Eddie's going to be on. Uh, he doesn't get three weeks off the road. Well, if he does, if he does, you know who to call. I'll go through more of my more of my uh, beat writer connections here. So, Jerry Prugar, read his stuff in the Altoona Mirror. Uh, thank you all so much for watching and listening. We'll talk again next week. Bye.